0: What's happening this week on your favorite soap opera? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and you are joining us for our weekly chat about anything and everything soap takes place at the same time Every Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Talk radio network. I want to thank everybody who joined us for last week's show. It was a little something different. It was our first ever soap debate. Featured myself and Soaps in Depths, Richard Sims. We talked about the very serious issues of the day, including how we can keep our soaps on the air, how we can get more people watching the soaps, and of course, which couples are the hottest. If you missed any of that Great Soap Debate. You can check it out at any time on demand in our library. It's at SoapCentral.com slash radio. In addition to the Soap Debate, you can also find every other edition of Soap Central Live that we've ever broadcast. So, if you want to find out if one of your favorite stars has been on the show, or if you want to hear some conversation with fans about your favorite soap, you can find everything there. We're slowly creeping up on 150 episodes. That's 150 hours of soap talk. If ever there were a time where you get stuck in the house or you're going on a trip and you want to listen to some soap stuff, there's a place to go. You can download any of the shows for free, take them with you, listen to them on your computer as you are cleaning. Anything that you want, it's there. So also something new that we have started. It is a 24-7 caller feedback line. That means that you have the option At any time, if you can't sleep because there's a soap issue that's on your mind, or if you've got some extra time, I guess, at the end of your lunch hour, you can call in to 267-341-SOAP. It's 267-341-7627, and you can tell us your name, where you're calling from, and you can give us your comments on your favorite soap. You can also submit questions for upcoming shows. So if you find out that your favorite star is going to be a guest on Soap Central Live, but you're not going to be able to be with us that week during our live show, you can now call 267-341-7627 and submit your question on our caller feedback line. That way you still get to, in theory, talk with your favorite soap star. They'll answer your question, and it's a great way to expand the reach for those of you who Maybe you're stuck at work or stuck in traffic when our show is on the air. One of the stars that dropped by recently to chat with us is Peggy McKay from Days of Our Lives. She and I had a really great discussion about her upcoming storyline on Days of Our Lives. It's actually underway as we're speaking. Peggy and I were able to speak last week in between shows so she could be a guest here on Soap Central Live. We also talked about one of her biggest honors to date. She has received the key to the city of Mount Airy, North Carolina. And of course, in typical fashion, I wanted to know what that meant and what she can do. So you're going to hear more of that coming up in just a moment with Peggy McKay. And then joining us live for the rest of the show is SoapCentral.com columnist Linda Hirsch. I'm sure you've noticed that Her column hasn't been posted online for a little while, and she also hasn't been here chatting about all of her many tomes of soap experience and behind-the-scenes knowledge. She's going to tell us a little bit about why she hasn't been here. It's a story that you're definitely going to want to stay tuned for. Of course, as always, you can call into the show. Our live call-in line during the show is 866-472-5788. 866-472-5788. That is a toll-free number. You can call in and chat with Linda or me if you'd like. Uh, I'm here every week, so you're always welcome to call in and chat with me. And we can talk about your soaps and find out what's going on. We're also going to play some of the calls that we've received on our 24-7 caller feedback line, so you'll be able to hear what fans are saying. So without further ado, let's get underway with my interview with Peggy McKay, who plays Carolyn Brady. On Days of Our Lives. Hi Peggy, how are you? I'm excellent. How are you, Dan? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for taking some time out to uh, chat with me today. It's always a pleasure to talk to you.
2: It's my
1: pleasure, too. Well, I want to ask you uh, I was looking at some things on the internet and found out that it's going to be your 30th anniversary of the first appearance on Days of Our Lives coming up next year. And I wanted to ask you, what does that mean to you? Did you ever think that you'd be on the cusp of 30 (laughs) years?
2: No, uh, I have to interject that that 30 years has been interrupted by death, (laughs) voodoo death, (laughs) and a few other things, long absences, etc. However, I can only say that I am blessed to be on this show at this stage of my life. And I love the people I've worked with, and right now I couldn't be happier because I have a very strong storyline, which matters a great deal to me. And uh I'm blessed. I know I am among actors in this whole country to have a job that I'm going to and that I love doing, you know.
1: Well, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that there were some uh, interesting things that have popped uh, up over those 30 years. But particularly, soap fans have a tendency to think that soap characters have done everything. They've, they've been there. They've done everything. But that's not the case because, like you said, you have an, a new storyline coming up. And I'm wondering, what can you tell us? What can you preview about that new story?
2: Well... Traditionally on Days of Our Lives, we're not told very much about our upcoming storylines except the, the loving reassurance that this disease of Alzheimer's will not be fatal for me. It's like, you know, like an actor gets a headache, says, how bad is a headache, you know, and I'm uh, the character. So they have reassured me that I'll be there, uh, and I do have a serious disease, which I think they're writing brilliantly they have given me a wonderful sense of humor in the face of you know a bad diagnosis and uh well take people like christopher reeve and people that they're dealing with you know really uh, they've given that to the character and a sense of humor which helps the family and helps me play the part you know
1: Hmm. well it's interesting too when you Look a lot about what soap is now when we hear from advertisers that maybe viewers only want to see storylines that involve 20-somethings. That isn't the case. I mean, you've been so, one of the most popular. It, it, it,
2: no, it isn't, but they seem, they have traditionally not believed that. They believe that people over 50 don't buy products, which is, uh, I think, quite mistaken. Hmm. I do. So that is a belief, you know.
1: <laughs> it is. I mean, and, and certainly, like you said, everyone has to buy something or another. But with this particular storyline, even the viewers, uh, I've heard over the years from folks who were much younger than myself. They're maybe 16, 17, 18. And they say that they like seeing characters, they like seeing the storylines uh, of folks who maybe would be their grandparents' age because they're interested in that. They just don't want to see uh, stories about themselves. So I'm guessing that this storyline is going to further help prove that that's the case.
2: I hope so, uh, because when you go out, as I did to North Carolina, the audience is of all ages, and in, in particular daytime shows, the great Gloria Monti, who is a brilliant de- daytime producer-director, so that it's generational. Their grandmother watched, the mother watched, mm-hmm. the next one watches. And so it becomes a family tradition that you watch Days of Our Lives. You go out, as I did to North Carolina, and not only do they love what I did with the Andrew Griffith show, but they love Days of Our Lives, and they love my character. And the older characters are important. I think the media is beginning to realize but older people can be interesting and that people can care about them. I hope so. It's a fact of life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I absolutely can assure you that. I don't know how familiar you are with uh, with social media, the Twitters and the Facebooks and, and all of, of that stuff. But I mean, I have to tell you, you remain one of the most beloved actresses and characters in daytime. So certainly that's that right. Be, a- absolutely. My uh, God, really? Uh, I mean, I understand
2: that. I I only have a website and, and, uh, you know, email. I've got to get in there, so I give myself a shot in the arm every day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Everyone else there is on the Twitter. I'm sure that the the wonderful PR folks would be more than happy to help set you up with a Twitter account.
2: (laughs) Well, I'd be happy to do it because I love the audience. I always have. I mean, and that's where you find out there are real people out there really watching, you know. There, it's very important to an actor. You there know.
1: are. And I want to talk about the Andy Griffith thing in just a second. But when you're talking about real people, uh, various media outlets, I know you've been talking to people all day. We were tweeting that we're going to be talking to you. And yeah. another soap star weighed in. Robin Strasser, who of course was on One Life to Live, she tweeted that. Yes, Robin. She tweeted that in 1976 you bought her used Buick Riviera from her.
2: I did. Uh, That's amazing she said it. That's how I met her, and I worked with her previous husband on a movie, Lawrence Luckinville. They had matching, beautiful Buick Rivieras. I still love that car. I almost bought another. I so loved the car. And I met her and loved her. She was so nice. I'm amazed she said that because I think of that immediately when I see her. <laughs> My favorite car was that Buick Riviera. It was gorgeous. It was a unique design by DeLorean. And I almost bought one this year, but it wasn't in good enough condition.
1: This is what you're missing out on. you talk to her, tell her... I love
2: the car.
1: <laughs> I will definitely make sure that I do that. So, I mean, in addition to getting the shot in the arm, this is what social media is for, to find out who bought cars from who and, and all that other good stuff. Oh, how stuff. terrific. How wonderful. And this is the interesting segue. You can't have a car without a key. And since we're speaking of keys, uh, when you mentioned the Andy Griffith uh, Mayberry festivities, you were given the key to the city earlier uh, this year, which is just last month. Let's let's talk about this.
2: this was, uh, just a week ago.
1: There you go. Okay, so let's talk about just it. Just went there and just came back. It's It's got to be a special honor.
2: Well, it was the mayor of Mount Airy, North Carolina, presented me with the key of Mount Airy, the city of Mount Airy, because of one episode That I did on Andy Griffith that turns out to be one of the favorite episodes of all eight years. And everybody knew who I was. They even knew the lines I spoke. There are thousands of people and nothing but loving and enthusiastic, sweet people all around. And I got this beautiful key, which I treasure. And I just, I said to the mayor, wow, I couldn't control myself. I was so impressed by the gift. And I, I'm very happy to have received it, and I'm happy I went there, because they, were, they, they are going to put a special section in the Andy Griffith Museum for me. And they love me. And what I did on that one show, they know only too well. It's one of the favorite shows of all of the Griffith shows.
1: This was an episode in which Andy Griffith got his first on-screen kiss. This is what the Internet That's says. That's correct.
2: Oh. Only. I, and he was so sweet. He was a lovely man who played banjo for us in between takes. And he was so shy. He said to me, do we really have to kiss? I said, I'm sorry, Andy. Yes, we do. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because that brings back all the feelings that we had in high school. And that's what we have to deal with in the scene. This emotion that came when, when we saw each other again. And we went outside and we kissed, and then we looked at each other and wondered, why had we never married? That's the whole bittersweet storyline, and it turns out that we wanted to be together again, but I love the big city, and he loves a small town, and everybody knows they come up to you and says, so you were a small fish in a big pond, and he was a big fish in a small pond, and I go, they know everything. They that's... watch reruns. They are the most devoted fans
1: you can imagine. This sounds Absolutely. very soapy. I mean, that's what sounds like a storyline from Days of Our Lives almost. Well, it's genuine, and these
2: people have a sense of humor about themselves and their devotion to Andy Griffith and everything. They come every year. It's a, an event in their lives that they love. And they laugh at themselves, and they... They just have this special feeling. It was an excellent show. It was a show with really wonderful values and humor, constant humor. It reflects the people in Mount Airy. That's where he was born. And that's what they're like. They're just, and they, I got hugs and I can't tell you. I just got out of there smothered with love
1: <laughs> and um, a key to the city. I'm looking at a photo of you receiving the key to the city. Now I have to ask, does this come with any special powers? Do you uh...
2: <laughs> Somebody said to me that doesn't mean you can break into homes here, you know. <laughs> well, I'm in the I'm going into the Museum of Andy Griffiths and it and the actress who is the curator is an actress but we were absolute lookalikes when we started our careers. It's so much so that people would come up and call me Betty and they'd come up to Betty and call her Peggy. And I have some photos to prove how we, how alike we looked at that time of our lives. So that was an extra perk for me to see her again. And she's the curator. And so what can I say? I, I had a joyous trip. It was very rewarding in every way. I have one you know less... what I, I'm going to frame it, of course. Of course. And mount it, and and look at it with
1: fondness. That's what. I wonder if you can take it down to the hardware store and (laughs) get a copy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously they had to make it, didn't
1: they? (laughs) Uh, I'm just wondering how that works. Uh, One last question for you. Again, (laughs) things that you can find on the Internet. I uh, saw a video from the 30th anniversary of Days of Our Lives where you debuted your rap star alter ego, MC Snoop Peggy Dog. And I'm wondering, what are you going to do for your own 30th anniversary? Should we expect...
2: I have to do a new rap. I did a rap for the Andy Griffiths people. I wrote a poem uh, about Andy and me. And then I did my Carolyn Brady rap, because they loved me as Carolyn Brady. So I did my crazy rap for them, which they laughed at <laughs> and enjoyed. And I put a special lyric in for them, which was, you know, uh, 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 something about... Uh, uh, I've got to say to you, Mayberry folks here. Uh, I got the key to your city, and you're all so dear. You've made this my very best year. So I rap, you know. I rap all the time. So. But oh. when is that? That that's on a particular. Uh, it uh,
1: is. It's uh. It's on YouTube. Uh, I just randomly came across it in, in looking yeah. for different fun things. I'll make sure that I forward the link to uh to the folks in pr and you'll be able to watch it i'll actually do that as soon as we're done chatting and well they that's can very it to you. lovely
2: of you i i do have a a back backup music for that and uh, i recorded a while back but i i would love to see that i, I don't mind making a fool of myself i really don't
1: you know what I, i've learned that too. i don't either it is what it is it's going to be what it's going to be and Just let it happen. Thank you so much, Peggy, for for chatting. And uh, hopefully we'll talk again very soon. Thank you so much. I want to thank Peggy McKay for dropping by to chat with us here on Soap Central Live and for bringing the birds with her. Did you hear the birds that were in the background tweeting? During some of our moments of quiet reflection, I should have asked her what was going on over there. I didn't think to at the time. Don't forget to check out Peggy every weekday on NBC's Days of Our Lives. Check your local listings for the time and station in your area. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back on the other side, columnist Linda Hirsch will be joining us. We'll find out where she's been and where she's going. Stay tuned for more of Soap Central Live coming back in just about two minutes.
0: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in today with Soap Central Live starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want a dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. I, t- I want to again thank Peggy McKay for dropping by. That, of course, was a pre-recorded interview. She wanted to be a part of the show, but wasn't able to be here for our show, our live show, because of course, as you know, some of the stars are actually at work on the West Coast taping during our show, so they can't always be a part of the show when they want to be a part of the show. We're going to have Linda Hirsch coming up in just a couple of moments. We're waiting for her to call in, but in the meantime, I also wanted to explain a little bit more about our caller feedback line. This is a line for when we're not on the air. This is a line for when you can't get to sleep at night and you decide that you really want to sound off about something that's going on on your favorite soaps. And again, that number is 267-341-7267. And it is uh, it's just designed for folks who I know that a lot of you want to be a part of the show, but you are at work or for some reason can't get to the phone to be a part of the show. So this is a great way that you can submit questions for your favorite stars. So when we have stars coming up in the future, we're going to let you know. When they're coming, you can call in, you can record your question, and that way you can still be a part of the show. Now, before Linda gets here, I want to look at some of the news that's been going on in the world of soaps. Because, of course, when we do our live shows and we have guests, we can't always talk about the news of the day. So sometimes some things slip by, and I wanted to be able to bring them up. And, of course, if you'd like to chat about them. You can call in to our live line. It's eight six six four seven two five seven eight eight. And we have Lisa Rinna is out at days. She's taped her final scenes. And a lot of you are, are surprised because it seems as though she just returned. It didn't really have much of a storyline. That's something that's going on. You can check that out at SoapCentral.com. We also have news that Maureen Garrett, who was Holly on Guiding Light, has recently opened up about her public life and has announced that she is lesbian. It's an interesting story. You'll find out why she's choosing to speak out now after keeping her private life private for so long. Again, you can also find that at soapcentral.com. And that sort of leads into a really good segue into Linda Hirsch, who, as you know, is a syndicated columnist and also writes the Lathered Up column on soapcentral.com. But her column has been sort of missing in action for a period of time and she is here today to tell us why. It's a story of personal struggle, and she's also opening up about some other things that have gone on in her life in her new column. So let's welcome Linda Hirsch back to Soap Central Live. Linda, so good to talk to you. Good
3: to talk to you, Dan, and I appreciate it. And thanks for letting me have my little, oh, what would we call sabbatical. And I'm just thrilled to be back because I love writing for Soap Central. It really gives me a platform uh to say things that I really can't say in my syndicated column. It's a, it's a different forum, although I love my syndicated column, which is well, now also covering primetime. I have to put that plug in because I don't have to no,
1: a put plug. Oh, absolutely. That's on my list of things to talk to after we hammered out some of the other stuff because there are some s- primetime shows that you have an interest in and I have opinions about them. But let's uh, zoom back. Um, there's a new column that is posted on SoapCentral.com right now. And it's called First Do No Harm. And you're looking at how soaps handle medical issues and whether or not they do a service or a disservice in most cases. And uh, somewhat surprisingly, you opened up a little bit about some things from your past, from your personal experiences, and you're also going to be doing that in a future column that's going to be posted in, uh, I guess, a week or two. So Correct. why now, Linda? Why have you chosen, after all of these years, to sort of open up and let people know what's going on in your life?
3: Well, you know, I didn't for a long time because I thought, the story's not about me. The story's about the shows, the fans, the performers. But then I realized that there's a time, especially when you think of um, a genre, is doing it a, a, a disservice that it's time to say, okay, it's time to open up. And I think that the way to do that is not to invent somebody or say it's my friend, friend, end quote, but to say it's you. And I also think that one of the reasons I didn't open up, especially about this topic, is that there is um, a lot of people have negative viewpoints. We we still have a very, very negative viewpoint about um I'm going to call the mood issues, emotional issues, mental illness, and I think I want people to know that why you struggle with it, when you struggle with it, after you struggle with it, there's a great, wonderful life. But when soaps or the media, any media stops people from getting the help they need out of fear, then it's time to say something. And, and I only could say it with in a first person basis to say I've been there, and um, life can be a very beautiful thing after you've been there, as long as you can take care of it, uh, of the issue. And the the advancement in the mental illness has been staggering in 20 years. But our fear of it uh, and being afraid to admit it is still the same. I mean, really, I'm not – and that's why I did it, uh, I guess.
1: Well, do you think that soaps in general, aside from the one that comes to mind most quickly – would be Sunny on General Hospital, particularly Maurice Bernard in real life, uh, dealing with... That's done
3: beautifully, and it's been done beautifully because of Maurice. Maurice would not tackle this story uh, unless... But I still notice some things that, that are, are incorrect um, w- with the character sunny. <laughs> When you have the issues that, that Maurice has, as his character does, you're on certain medications, and you really can't drink. And if you drink alcohol, it's, a, it's, it's, it's bad. It just, it's just not good in, in a million ways. And I've talked to doctors. i did a lot of research on this. I'm not a drinker, so I didn't have to deal with that. And it's a hard thing to give up if you are. I can't give up cream puffs. If you said no more cream puffs, I'd be going, <laughs> What? Wait a minute now, let me think about this. So it's the I understand everything, something they cannot give up. So that bothers me. And also, whenever Sonny starts acting the fool, it's always blamed on his illness. And by the way, you can be a fool, whether you have mental illness, do not have mental illness. (laughs) You you know, being a fool is not just because you have some, some, uh, emotional issues. And I'm talking about Sonny now. I'm not talking about Marisa at all, and I want people to really understand that.
1: I'm actually. I'm thinking about all of the things that I wouldn't be able to give up. Uh <laughs> Gosh, cream puffs. I, I don't know if I. That wouldn't be an issue, but I have this craving lately for birthday cake. So I don't know that. Uh-oh. I don't know that I could give up birthday cake. You give I don't up birthday
3: know why. cake? No. Uh, but if you know you need to give up birthday cake to have a a really terrific life, but I. Uh, but uh, you know, and I think it is an issue. Whenever Sunny reaches for the bourbon, I go no, come on, Sunny. What I'd love him to do is say, and he used to, doesn't he? He used to say, "No, I'm not going to do this. This doesn't work."
1: Well, when we're to- while we're talking about things that go on in the world of medical uh, issues on the soaps, I have to admit that earlier today on Twitter, I was sort of tongue in cheek. Mentioning that on General Hospital, I was concerned that Greg Madden, who, of course, is actually (laughs) Duke Lavery, uh, might be implanting Erica Cain's fetus into Bernie the accountant. Because, you know, (laughs) that's, (laughs) uh, of course, one of the biggest crazed storylines of things that weren't based in medical reality. But there is a storyline... Linda, that it, to let people yes. know. You and I spoke yesterday to catch up on some things, so we talked yeah. a great length. It's
3: in the Guinness Book of World
1: Records. <laughs> <laughs> about a two-hour call, and one of the things that came up, and it was very difficult to talk about, but it is the current storyline with Stephanie Forrester battling lung cancer. Yes. And I had mentioned to you that I'm almost relieved, and I know that sounds a little macabre, but I'm, a, I'm almost relieved that they've chosen to... Explore the fact that for many families, unfortunately, they lose loved ones to cancer, particularly lung cancer, and that yes. they did not choose to give Stephanie some sort of miraculous. It's never happened. It was never there. Recovery from her right. lung cancer, right? Well, or
3: make up some, you know, disease called psuedosiosis or something that, exactly. that doesn't exist. Um, it is sad to watch loved ones, and I'm sure because I'm part of that who's seen loved ones, unfortunately, succumb to cancer. It's tough. On the other hand, done right, and I think Bald is going to do this right. I truly believe it. I don't think Flannery would let them get away without doing it right. There, it's just not going to happen, you know. <laughs> and Susan is very powerful on that set. And, and she should be. I mean, she she deserves that. And I think it's good. I think it's... And then that decision that some people make that I I, I don't want to proceed any further is getting me nowhere. To validate that. And to have her family, and I think this is probably a new storyline, no, no, you have to fight. You have to fight. I need you to fight. And there are many people who would say and believe that, and they, of course, are also right.
1: Well, Linda, um, we have a, a caller who left a message on our caller feedback line about the bold and the beautiful. This is a call from Tracy. So let's take a listen to what Tracy had to say.
4: My name is Tracy. I'm calling from Hollywood, Florida. My comment is about the bold and the beautiful. Loving the fact that there is no more Leti Lope, a.k.a. Steffi Liam Hope triangle, consuming my TV right now. Loving the fact that the adults are actually getting adult storylines. Hating the fact that Susan Flannery is leaving. There's no bold without the queen. Heather Tom is rocking this postpartum depression sorting line. It's amazing. Great way to go, Heather. Ron Moss leaving, or at least Ridge leaving Brooke the way that he did over a text message. That's crap, and it's a mockery to all of the Brooklyn Ridge fans for the past 25 years.
3: Thank you, and bye.
1: Linda, let me I, ask you. I don't
3: want Tracy talking to my editors at the syndicate, because <laughs> she just might replace me. excellent observations Tracy to show that nothing is all good or all bad on any show and I really agree with all that she said and now I've interrupted you your turn
1: no I was going to ask you one of the things that she mentioned in there or I guess a couple of the things but the connection is that Ron Moss will be leave; it has left uh, may or may not return for the Stephanie Forrester farewell Susan Flannery will be gone from the show by the end of the year can lo- will Bold and the Beautiful be able to survive losing two of these actors who've been there for twenty five years, and it's pretty much they're leaving at the same exact time? I-,
3: I think they will if they play it smart. What they can't do, and I know Brad Bell's listening to me now, but anyway, and he may be, uh, and if he is, you know, give me a call. I think he has <laughs> to be clever, and I think one of the things he can't do. Everyone is the uh, Liam Steffi Hope storyline did not work because it was, uh, uh, you know, Ridge, Taylor, Brooke-like. You can't do that, you know. Um, so what I think he has to do is look to the characters that he has, not bring in new people and then not use them, which Bold and Beautiful does all of the time. Ask Rick Hurst, ask Sarah Brown. Give some of the other characters interesting storylines. And you know what? Yes, romance is important, but they can do other things as as well, and I hope that they they do. Uh, the thing about bold and beautiful that I find very interesting is they will have some of the dumbest I can't believe the storylines, and then some beautifully done storylines. Um, and, and so I I guess it's just you know on any given Sunday when they sit down to write it it, it depends. Um, I think that. Uh, the Flannery thing is brilliant. And she agreed to stay a, a little bit longer to do that storyline. I, you and I discussed this yesterday. I don't know how they can work this without having Rich back for his mother's death. I mean, his being mad over that stupid deacon test, which was idiotic, uh, he would not, uh, just, you know, do that to his mother. Unless they do some stupid plotline, like she doesn't want him to know, so he doesn't have to come back. And I, I don't I, like that. I don't like I don't that like at that. all, so they can't do that. So did Ron Moss tape extra scenes? I don't know. Um, <clears throat> have
1: yeah, I don't like to... that. I don't like the idea of, of a recast, no. it, at least at, at this point. point in time.
3: Oh, no, they can't do it at this point. Um, so uh, it is going to be an issue. Uh, Ron is, a, is very gracious. And so... I wouldn't be surprised if he made some allowances. I mean, he's, you know, there's a list of good guys on soaps. He, Peter Bergman, um, Michael Knight, just to, and many that I haven't mentioned, uh, who I think in deference to their fans in the show that employed him for so long, 25 years, who gets a gig like that, or um, plus 25 years, I think he would do it. I, but, but was he asked? I don't know. What do you think? you think he'd do it if, he, if they'd asked him?
1: I would think you know the only thing that could possibly come up. uh, I remember when the news of Ron Moss leaving broke, he sort of implied that he would have kept quiet even longer if Susan Flannery hadn't sort of outed him on set that he was leaving. So I mean, I don't know if there's any, I don't know if there's any anger about that between the two. I have to imagine that there there wouldn't be. However, I've got to uh, tell you, I
3: mean, you know, without naming names, people who work with Flannery. No, she's tough. But she gets the best out of them. I mean, you're not going to come to the show and not know your lines and work with Susan Flannery. You're, or you won't be around. You're not yeah, really. going to, uh, be dismissive, uh, of your show or the character. And, you know, people who, I mean, I had one actor say, I can't, all this in Susan too, because he was in this really deep storyline. Because she, she expects certain things. And, um, but I think the actors appreciate that in a sense, because, there's no, there's no messing up. There is no, you know, fooling around when, when Susan's
1: on the set. That,
3: not that she, she's fun, she can be fun, but she's very dedicated.
1: You know. I mean, and she's she's a powerhouse actress. Now, oh, yeah. one of the other things I want to zoom back to something else that Tracy said, and this is something that came up in the soap debate, which for those of you who missed it, that's an episode that's available in our archives at soapcentral.com slash radio, was whether or not, Linda, the rival fan base is devoted to couples tracy had mentioned leffy and lope which yes. <laughs> i don't know that i like those names but leffy and lope but
3: i wish you know what i blame i blame this on um, a uh, brad pitt and angelic and angelina jolie can people just have their own names do they have like jay and jay i mean real are we so lazy that we can't say a whole name
1: yes uh
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, how lazy well god knows we can't Say laughing out loud we gotta put letters and God knows we can't say we're happy it put a smiley face. I'll give into it. But really can we just have names? Is it just me?
1: They kind of actually irk me as well. And they <laughs> it's not I don't think it's Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. I think it went on before then. We had benifer and we had what? whatever. Oh yeah,
3: I don't right. Ah, oh. uh, but Brad started it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Outside of the folks uh, of whether or not we... Oh, Ben Affleck like and in general. That one.
3: Go see Argo, by the way. Great movie.
1: Okay, good. <laughs> do we I, we didn't get paid for that, so we'll edit that out so uh, they pay us. But <laughs> let me ask you, do you think that these rival soap couples, like the Schicks and the Fix and the J-Sams and the Liaisons, do you think that that's something that's good for soaps or bad for soaps, Linda? Well,
3: I'm going to quote Doug Marland um, just the loveliest man, and, and probably uh, up there with, with every great soap writer. He pulled a triangle on Guiding Light with Rita and Ed and um, uh, Holly at the time, and he said, or uh, he said, no matter who I have Ed with, fifty percent of the audience is going to hate me for that choice. So as a writer, I have to decide what I'm going to do and write my story. And that's why he was brilliant as a writer. <laughs> and I think what's happened is these focus groups, okay, um, which are really, tri- I mean, you know, a cab driver, you know, honest to God, producers, remember they're a cab driver, when a producer and a soap, here's a cab driver, say, well, I think I should, they should be together, not these two, and then they do it. Where are they? Where's their conviction? I mean, uh, Dostoevsky knew the ending of his, of his novels, you know. <laughs> he, he didn't ask, the, the you know, the one making his soup, how do I end this? Um, the, the problem with soaps is there's so many people working. I think it is because I think it can make characters look silly. I mean, I, I understand that Nick and Schick and Flick and Wick and, you know, Blitzen <laughs> and Donner are, are, are going to be gone, you know, broken up. But the thing is, is you make characters look stupid. I think Nikki looks like an imbecile on Young and Restless right now. Going back to Victor, who has demeaned her for over twenty some years, what does that say? That's a really good uh, and point, Nick. Uh, and Sharon, she should be doing an ad for for a pastropedic mattress company.
1: <laughs> well, before we get to, before we talk about another company that's getting free advertising, we have someone on the line who wants to weigh in on at least one part of the couples that we talked about we talked about j sam and we talked about liaison and the part of that would be jason we have a caller brian from georgia who wants to ask a question about general hospitals Jason storyline so brian welcome to Central live
2: hey uh dan and hey uh linda how, hey. how are you we're good hey. so what's uh, your question my my question i have is uh i don't i don't want to know if you'd give
4: this out or not linda but i was wondering on uh you know, as we saw today on General Hospital, uh Jason being shot in the back, uh I was wondering on Monday when it airs, um, is is Jason still gonna be
2: uh laying there at the docks and Sonny's gonna find him or is Bernie gonna die or how is all that gonna unfold?
3: Well you can't no. find a good accountant, so you couldn't can't kill off Bernie. <laughs> Yes. The only accountant there, what the heck, Sonny needs him. You know, it, it was Steve Burton's decision to leave. I'm not going to give the story away, but take uh, out your handkerchiefs, because next week is going to be crying all around. Uh, the actor said that they spent like eight days of, 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 of pure crying. Uh, I think that... Um, They're doing, I guess, a befitting ending. I'm always one who wanted Jason to get his memory back as the other Jason and have to deal with what he had done. And every time Garen Wolf was head writer, he was about to do it, and then he got let go and they didn't do it. And uh, that's too bad. Um, I I think the character of Jason is really a linchpin on General Hospital. And I think that's going to be tougher for them, than it's going to be tougher for Bold and Beautiful with Rich. Because Jason touched everybody's life on that show, just about. And I, I don't know how, you know, if you agree with me or disagree. You can't make an actor stay. And recasting could have never, that could have never been recast.
1: That's a good point. Now, we have another cl- uh, clip from someone who called our caller feedback line. We have a call from Debbie, who also waited on General Hospital. So let's take a listen to what Debbie had to say.
4: Hi, I'm Debbie Smith, and I'm from Concord, North Carolina. And I'm just wanting to say that I don't want Jason to leave General Hospital, but I know he did it because he was, you know, done with the part. But we love him, and I hope he'll come back someday.
3: Thank you. You know, everybody feels that way. You know, uh, it's very interesting because Steve was really, this is not a joke, really loved by all his castmates. And, you know, he and Nancy Ground are just so politically opposite. But Nancy Gron really loved him. said he was sweet. Whatever his views were, he was never, you know, uh, so, so vocally about it that it bothered anybody else. And people liked working with him. And you have actors like uh, Bradford Anderson, Spinelli. He's on that show because of Steve Burton, willing to take the time with him and make that character that was supposed to be a one trip you know, thing. I like potato chips and orange soda, and you'll be gone now. And was so good with Bradford. I don't think that Stephen. If I'm wrong, tell me. I don't think he has ever been in a love interest storyline or a friendship where it didn't work.
1: I think I think you're right. I, I'm trying to think back, and I'm going to pull up when we're done his uh, Jason's character profile on SoapCentral.com to go back and look. I'm thinking uh, I think he was involved with Faith. I'm not sure how I felt about that. It was kind of uh, an but, odd one. Well, but before we run out of time. There's someone else on the line and sort of it's a segue because a lot of people are wondering if perhaps Steve Burton is leaving General Hospital so he can head over to the Young and the Restless at some point and reunite with former GH executive producer Jill Farron Phelps, who's now the E P at Y and R. And we have a caller from Nevada, Michelle, who wants to ask a question about the Young and the Restless. Let's so let's see what she has to say. Michelle, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hey,
5: Thank you very much. Um, Actually, I just had a a couple of statements. One is I'm really enjoying, I'm going to rest this this week. You can definitely see a change in the writing from where Maria Bell had stopped Mm -hmm. and where Mr. Griffith had picked up. It has been wonderful watching it. And I'm loving the part with uh, Nick and Avery. Um, I'm also, I love the part with Sharon when you can just, I was almost in tears watching her spiral out of control. and and having everyone saying, calling her a loser and, you know, just all the stuff that was going on with her. Um, on Friday, last Friday when they first started, uh, when Adam came in to tell Nick that Summer had killed his, his son, oh, my God, that was, that was definitely good material. Um, so this whole, I definitely see the shift, and I'm very happy that Mr. Griffith is back and he's got his writing team in, and they're working on it. Um, I do want to make a touch on something that you guys did talk about, about how the fan bases and writing for fan bases. In my opinion, I think writing for fan bases has actually hurt soaps mm-hmm. because mm. you can't write a good storyline if every time you get to a point where you're writing something, you have a fan base that's going to badger you to put their couple back together. And I think that's what's happened with both. Uh, I only watch Young and the Restless. So I think that's what's happened with Nick and Phyllis as, as well as what happened with Nick and Sharon because fans continue to go, over, you know, push and push and push to the point of Maria Bell writing Phyllis doing all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. and Nick cheating on her and she kept taking them back. And that couple should have been over a long time ago. It should have been over when Phyllis went to Paris and she saw Nick kissing Sharon instead of her taking them, take, going back home and putting on her sexiest lingerie. And wanting to sleep with them. I don't know of well, any woman you, out there that would do that. Devening, let me ask a quick demeaning question,
1: demeaning. Michelle. Uh, do you think, in that, I mean, I understand that you're saying that writers should not cater to fan bases in that sense. I what, think it hurts the story. What should they do? I mean, should they then just stick with something and if fans absolutely hate it, maybe phase it out? Or how do you handle that if, if fans really don't care for a particular uh, coupling? I, I, I think
3: Michelle. I'm sorry. Stick go ahead. St- I'm sorry, Michelle. And I'll, I'll be, stick to the story, right? The fans. I mean, just stick to the story. Because Absolutely. That, everybody has their fan base, and and I think Doug like Marlon said it. Uh, Michelle has just said it. You, as I watch a show, I want to know there's a payoff. hmm And there's no payoff if you keep shifting back and forth, and and you. And you know what? If you make characters look stupid, then as a viewer, you look stupid.
5: Absolutely. That's one of the reasons I stopped watching Young and the Restless until Mr. Griffith came on board, because I it, it was horrible. They had gotten to the point, I mean, they, at least with Nick and Phyllis, they should have, like I said, they should have been broken up a long time ago. And But for some reason, I don't know if their fans were uh, campaigning or what was going on, but for some reason they were wanting to keep them together, and it just made ended up making both characters look ridiculous.
3: Well, I also think, and I don't know this on good authority, Michelle, but I, I do believe that at, at one point Young and Restless was being written week to week. Oh, okay. And, I mean, and you can't do that. You, you've got to have a storyline plotted out. If it's not working, there are ways to truncate it. You don't go off the storyline. It's a losing storyline and turning people off. Why? I mean, <clears throat> I, I think, you know, on the other hand, you really have to say, "Look, well, this is what I mean What is my story? What do I want to tell? Mm-hmm. That's what a good Let's... writer does. And I don't care if it's a, if it's a journalist or a, a dramatist, a novelist, a playwright. That's what a, a, a comedic writer. What's my story? What do I want to tell? Right. Well,
5: absolutely. I know there's a
1: whole lot of stuff that we want to tell. Unfortunately, we're running out of time here. So I want to thank you, Michelle, for your call.
5: Oh, you're very welcome, and like I said, I just wanted to let them know that I'm enjoying the show, and like I said, love Nick and Avery together, love their whole writing in general. It, it's been so much better. Yeah,
3: great call. Don't you think, Dan, was that a great call? <laughs> well, it
5: it certainly
1: guys. was. So, thanks, Michelle. <laughs> now, welcome. Linda, we only have about three minutes left to talk, so let's move on to talking about your syndicated column has now expanded to things beyond soaps. Yes, let's talk about always some... Be soaps.
3: always be very soap-heavy, but so many soaps are at nighttime now, Yes. And I think that that's part of the audience. So I think you have to be shrewd in any business you're in. You, know, when, that you have to say, okay, I want to keep this, but what do I add to it? And I thought adding primetime shows um, and my syndicate after. I fought two years, but we're doing it, so it was worth the fight.
0: Well,
3: <laughs> I, let's, I let's spend about
1: <laughs> 30 seconds per soap. What's one primetime soap that you're loving?
3: Well, I love Revenge. I, I just love it because there's, there's always these wonderful twists. Just where you think you know where it's going, there's a twist. Boy, I love that.
1: Um, I like it, too. I didn't watch from the very beginning. I joined at the end of the season when they did the little marathon. They showed the the beginning, middle, and end episodes and then did a sort of an hour catch-up. And I'm enjoying it, and I'm now watching every week. But I will tell you a show that I was looking forward to seeing, and it didn't quite turn out the way that I thought. It's Last Resort, which is also on ABC. I had high hopes, and now I feel as though it could have just been maybe a a mini-series and been done. Not really I I
3: think the first episode was shot like a movie. It was sumptuous. I've never seen a pilot that beautiful. I think Andre Brower and Scott Speedman were wonderful together. Um, Their numbers have gone up a little bit. I think what they have to do is to decide... Will they introduce new people? How are they going to have it? Not just because they are very—they go. This is not lost. This is nothing like Lost. Um, you know, I, I like it. I'm not loving it. I, I really wanted to love it, but I, I like it.
1: Thirty because seconds. We had one
3: show. One nighttime
1: show. Scandal. What about yes. Scandal? Well, I
3: think it's fun. I just think it's—it's it's fun. I love the actress who plays the the, the first lady. Um.
1: I can't get uh, into it? Scandal. The first episode lost me. I didn't care about any of the people. They were talking too fast. It made me nervous, and I haven't yeah, and watched. Yeah,
3: clip. I, I, well, that's how I felt about in Jersey. I mean, get, uh, thank God they put it out of its misery. <laughs> I feel bad because you've got actors and writers and crew that are out of work because of that. When you say, gee, I hated the show. Um, but that show really did deserve to be canceled.
1: Well, we could probably continue talking about it, but we only have time for one more primetime soap. We're going to continue hammering on ABC, because it's a it's a show that's soapy, but not quite, and it's 666 Park Avenue. Thoughts?
3: No, I loved it, and now I'm really not liking it.
1: Why don't you like it?
3: Okay. How stupid is Jane? Every time <laughs> she goes down to the darn cellar... She's either trapped or blood is coming out of the ceiling and then she leaves and then she comes back. You know, uh, Siskel and Ebert, uh, May Siskel rest said, you know, if a character does something where you say, what in the world is wrong with you, then uh, it kind of hurts it. I love the acting and that's why, and I just, I love the first three episodes. So the, the the last one was a little bit problematic. They may be getting it back together, though, for the Halloween show. Oh, I
1: hope so. Well, we're going to probably continue talking about some primetime and daytime soaps online. You can follow Linda Hirsch at Linda Hirsch, all one word, L-Y-N-D-A-H-I-R-S-C-H. Linda, thank you so much for dropping by today.
3: Thank you. And I wish if uh, listeners, if you have some feelings about my column this week, I would really, really love to hear about it because I uh, some of you might think I'm – Crazy, literally, <laughs> for even delving into this. But I thought it was important. I just want to see if you guys agree. Dan, thank you for letting me talk. Thanks for letting me write. You have a great week.
1: You too. And for those of you out there, if you've missed any part of today's show, want to hear it again or want to check out some past episodes of Soap Central Live, check us out at soapcentral.com slash radio. It's totally free. You can download any of the shows. Again, totally free. We're going to be back here next week, next Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Join us then for the continuing saga of Soap Central Live.